0: It would be nice if change came quickly, but of course it rarely does, especially the larger the organization. On this Saturday cast, how the road to positive change goes straight through resilience. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 425. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show helps you discover leadership wisdom through insightful conversations. This is the monthly Saturday cast. About once a month, I air an episode here on a Saturday with one of our Academy members or longtime listeners. Uh, This is a bonus episode. The next regular episode is still coming on Monday. And the Saturday casts are sponsored and brought to you by the Coaching for Leaders Academy. The Academy is a year long cohort of participant leaders who work personally with me to create movement in their leadership development and organizational results. And you'll hear a bit about that today in this conversation. You can discover more and get alerted about opportunities to apply for the Academy by visiting Coaching for Leaders. .com/academy and as i mentioned we often feature academy members in the monthly saturday cast and today i am thrilled to welcome one of our academy alums uh, i'm pleased to introduce to you leonardo Balmorso. he is the director of hospital san lucas in brazil he oversees a 200 bed hospital and emergency room seeing 10000 patients a month He also oversees the work of 2,500 staff members. He is a cardiologist by training and a recent alum of the Coaching for Leaders Academy. Leonardo, I'm so glad to welcome you to the show. Hi, Dave. You and I first talked, uh, oh gosh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, and you had come across the podcast a while ago, and I'm wondering if maybe you could take us back on how you first discovered the show and, and podcasts in general, perhaps.
1: Dave, I was searching for something about leadership because I'm trying to learn by myself. Searching the internet, then I find your podcast, and I talked with my friends, but no one of them know about podcasts and even about your podcast. And I begin to listen, and I create a passion to listen all of them. Then, when I saw that was open the academy. Membership to study, and it was a, a dreaming come true. The first time that we talk, and I remember every word that we talked that day.
0: I remember that conversation really well too. I find it incredibly humbling to have the privilege to do this work, and I was really struck not only by all you had taken away from what you'd learned from our conversations on the episodes in the past, but one of the things I was really struck by is that. You were utilizing the podcast episodes to be helpful to your staff and actually help train your staff. and I'm just so curious how did that happen? Like what got you thinking to do that? So when in the academy we we have the opportunity to talk
1: with other peers and, and, and it was the first time that I joined a, any kind of a meeting or something that everybody was open-minded to talk and really get to the point and how to do it, how they do it they think. And as a director of the hospital, I have the opportunity to try what I learned before in in my crew. And it was amazing because we have some fears on how to change things and how to operate from what I learned and how to create the indicators that we need. And that was the thing that I learned in the academy, that Everybody has the same problems, the same same fears, but we have to change the culture of our place. And this is amazing because we can achieve our, our dreams.
0: And you really did some incredible things around that. And I'd love to hear more about your experience in doing that. And even before we get there, I'm curious on just some of the things you learned from episodes, even before you started within the Academy. I know you were utilizing a lot of the learnings from the show and influencing your team in some new ways, and you shared with me some of the past guests that have been really helpful to you. One of them is John Cotter and the work that he's done around change, and he was on episode 249 talking about how to succeed with leadership and management. When you started to dive into John Cotter's work, what was helpful to you?
1: To me, the most helpful was to learn the meaning, the the meaning of resilience, because many times I was in that situation that we are struggling with something, someone, and you are the only one that has this vision or that idea. And in the book of Our Iceberg is Melting, the author talks about the meaning of that resilience to, to go around and try to seek your dream, your vision and that podcast is amazing to learn that and i recommend to read the books and i re- i read all the books of tom Cutler after after that podcast
0: yeah he's really done some incredible writing and for those who aren't familiar probably the two best known books that he has is a and the best known is by far the one called leading change which kind of details out his model around organizational change but the sister book of that is the one you mentioned leonardo our iceberg is melting which is the same book, but it's told totally in the framework of a fable. And I know some people love fables and some people don't, so it kind of is a personal preference thing. But that fable really illustrates in practice how an organization can affect change. And you said a key word there, resilience. And as you thought about resilience and his model, what did you do differently with your staff and your crew that you weren't doing before?
1: What I did different,
0: it was to
1: keep on track of my dreams. I think that we talk about a lot of storytelling and this is, the, in the book, It's some kind of a story that tells some facts that we live in our own lives. And I saw myself in that situation in time because we have to deal with the, my boss or with my crew or with my clients and have to show the way that your vision or your dream is, is, is setting. So, and this is difficult because every day you have to sometimes say the same thing and to try to solve the same problem and change the world that you are living. And in a hospital, it happens every every time. When you go to the the emergency department and you have to change the way people care other people and have to show the best practice how to give love even in a difficult situation for the patient, for the clients. And this was a hard thing to do. And sometimes like a click that happens and then that promoter score begins to get better. And that was the way that we create some kind of benchmark and we can try the same process in other areas. And will
0: happen again. yeah, and you you hit on something that is a mistake that a lot of leaders make, especially those who haven't led change before, is giving up too quickly. And often I find that and I, and I suspect this may be your experience too, is that leaders are surprised at how long the change process takes and how much they have to be ambassadors for the vision and what they want to have happen and repeat it again and again and again in many different venues before people even begin to really get a sense that there's change happening. Did you experience that as well?
1: Yes, that's the point. You have to keep on track your your vision. And every day, go to the place that you are working, not in your room or in the office away from the problem. Get inside and talk with your peers with your crew and show how to deal with each situation and every day because sometimes you have to say the same thing in different manners to change the heart and the mind of your peers and I really think that a lot of people quit before this time of the changing that for some situations I think that may take even years to change but you have to doing, keep doing the same, the same until you achieve your goals.
0: You mentioned just the change with people. And of course, a big part of people is culture that shows up in the organization. One of the other folks that I know you've really zeroed in on as an inspiration is Ginger Hartage, who was on the show last year talking about her work at Southwest Airlines and heading up the culture of their organization, and I'm I'm wondering what you heard from her that you found useful to you as you were thinking about change.
1: Yes, I I love the podcast of Ginger, and as I learned with Ginger, that as an experience, you have to set the boundaries of your product or your service, and this is very important because not every time that we can solve every problem in your field of action. So in that podcast, she tells a story about a client and some limitations. How did she deal, to deal with that situation? And I learned that, okay, we have a client, we have some expectations. I need to take care of him, or her as a hospital manager, doctor, or nurse. But I have to set the limitations and said, I'm going to do this and this is the way that we are doing and this is the limitation. When you keep it simple and clear, I think that have some kind of alignment, but you are going to do expectations and the results. And I think that's the point that I learned in that podcast with Ginger and how to create an experience that is great for the clients.
0: It's amazing how powerful expectations are, aren't they? I just think of how the root of almost every human conflict and cultural challenge comes from unclear expectations. And it sounds like you've really zeroed in on that as a starting point for creating the kind of culture you want, not only within your staff, but also in interactions with patients who come in the doors of the hospital. Yes.
1: because. My mission was to create a culture of, around that promoter Squad, you know, I have to create an environment that can take care of the patients as we need as a technical stuff. And the literature said how to treat, but you have to give passion how to do it and care. And sometimes in a the hospital, they do the technical stuff, but they don't treat people, treating people, you know? Yeah. So. Understanding that we have some limitations and we have to have, have the resilience to change the environment, we can we change it, the, the way that the hospital deals with the patient, the human patient.
0: And for those who may not be familiar, um, most healthcare organizations, certainly hospitals, do rely on patient satisfaction uh, measures in order to uh, you know really measure how, how well they are doing and also to receive you know funding and support and, and and insurance compliance and all those things and within your hospital system Leonardo I know net promoter score is the metric that many organizations have zeroed in on as well as yours has and so we'll say more about that in just a minute because you've done some really exciting things with your NPS score before we do there's a couple other folks that I think have been really helpful to you and actually uh, within your academy cohort, there were two members that I know you wanted to mention that were really helpful to you and just some of the things they've said on past episodes, both of them have been past guests here on the Saturday cast, Jason Brooks and also Steve schrader. When you think about jason and and what he told us about his experience on the Saturday cast last year about stepping into the role as principal for the first time, what was really useful to you from him? Well
1: Jason is an amazing person and the think that I learned with, with Jason plus the communication skills because I think that as an educator he learned how to talk easy how to bring people with him so the year that I spent together I can solve I can listen how to communicate better get simple and this was amazing
0: amazing that what did you see Jason do either in that episode or even in our interactions in the cohort that got you thinking of doing something differently than you were doing before
1: a lot of things I, i think that when we was in our meeting every time something like listen think and after that talks this is a very important thing because the communication don't begin when we begin to talk but when you begin to to think, and I I see this skill in, in Jason to listen and then talk. This is very important because sometimes we are in difficult situations and we have tried to to talk fast and that's not sometimes the way. You have to 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 listen, think, and then talk. And I think that this is a skill that Jason have and I and I learned with Jason.
0: Yeah, he's really masterful at that. You know, it seems like a really simple concept on its face. And yet, so many leaders feel like they need to share their knowledge or experience or give their opinions right up front in order to provide value. And really, the best leaders that I see today are the ones who do what Jason does really consistently, which is to stop and to listen and to ask good questions. And only then share experiences and share perspective. And I'm, I'm so glad you've latched onto that too. And, and one of the other folks you mentioned was also on a past Saturday cast was Steve, Steve Schrader. What inspired you from Steve that got you doing something differently?
1: Okay. Also with Steve, I learned a lot of things. And the thing that I thought the first time that I saw Steve was, okay, he's in a hierarchy position. And he's a great guy. And... He's with us in the academy, okay, what he's doing here. And I, I saw, because even as an experienced person, he all the time is trying to learn something new. And this is amazing. Because sometimes we saw a lot of people that they are, look like they are not searching some new skills to learn, or they are stopping in time. And I saw in Steve that skill to try to learn everything every day something and this was amazing to me i learned too much and you know that's a point of the academy plus the time that we interact with a lot of people with a lot of good skill that we can learn and we have time to talk in even in the meeting with all the group or in a peer mentoring because talk with one-to-one it's is also very good to change ideas and problems conflicts how to, to solve it it was an amazing time
0: yeah i'm so glad to hear that and uh, one of the things i don't know if we've ever mentioned it on the on the show here but one of the things we do in the academy is i in, encourage uh, it's it's an elective option but i encourage everyone to connect with a peer mentor and we have a whole process for doing that and and you found that peer mentoring process really useful to you as you started working with peer mentors what did you find that was helpful in that one-on-one time?
1: I found that we can learn a lot of other people, even if they are not from your area of your country. I talk with, I am a doctor, and I talk with a dev- developer, salesman, and and I learned too much with them. And with forty minutes, one hour of conversation, we change ideas, and we can get better in the, the management, because it's about everything. We have to to deal the, the problem that we deal in our day-to-day is the same in all the leading positions, you know?
0: Yeah, indeed. And I, I think that one of the challenges that happens in a lot of organizations with a formal mentoring program, which, by the way, is absolutely can be extremely valuable, is that One person is anointed as the mentor and the other person's designated as the mentee. And the expectation, I think, in a lot of traditional mentoring programs is that one person is teaching the other person or sharing experiences with the other person. And I've just found in most of the relationships I've been in, even where there is someone that's a lot more experienced, is that the best mentoring relationships are where both parties are learning from each other. So that's one of the reasons we structured as peer mentoring in the academy of that. Each person has something that they can both help the other person with but also learn from and so we put people together with very different backgrounds and experiences for that to happen and I know you you uh, grabbed some new things from Mark and sales and also uh, from Chris and software development of ideas that you then implemented in your work too
1: yes and this is amazing because sometimes one is talking and learn, teaching and other is learning it's, it's, it's the meaning of exchange you know and this I didn't saw before because sometimes you have a formal structure that someone is teaching, someone is learning and that's not what happens in the reality. we All the times we are teaching and learning and this is the opportunity in the peer-to-peer mentoring that we did in the academy to really learn. And when we talk freely, we can speak about your problems, what you need what we are struggling in, how the other person can think and see the problem, and how the other person can try to 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 help you. That's a a really good point, because we are from very different areas. That's that was very very good.
0: Yeah, indeed. And I want to circle back to something you mentioned a bit ago: Net Promoter Score. You know, for all of us as leaders, we all have things we're being measured on from our clients, from our executive leadership teams, and net promoter score is a big consideration for you. And when you came into the academy, that was one metric that you were thinking about as far as being able to influence. As you came into the academy, what were you thinking as far as net promoter score and what, what did you want to see happen?
1: That time I was struggling with how my crew, how my people care the person that is lying in the bed as a patient in my hospital. And how we measured that caring process is by net co score, And my NPS was very bad. So as a process, we changed the way that we teach our, our crew and how to deal with the problems we implemented some agile methods to keep interaction and changing every day something, every day trying to solve some problems. Yet in the all the process that the patient is inside the hospital, better from door, the entrance, to door when the patient is going out of the hospital. And with these interactions, we change the NPS to a, a very... I place in a hunking up uh, hospital nearby. And and I think that after one year of working with simple things, getting a better communication, being a resilient guy, and walking to the hospital every day, talking, talking, and changing all that, that thing, we achieve the mission to create a NPS culture in every person in the hospital, even from the director board, from the medical staff, and from the nursing and everybody that worked in the hospital. That was a very good thing that happens to me because we changed the culture of the hospital.
0: Yeah, it's really remarkable how substantial you changed the results of the score just in a period of a year. And What is it that, I remember early on, especially some of the earlier sessions in our year together, you would often bring to us questions about NPS and culture and change. What came out of those conversations that you found helpful that you were able to put into practice?
1: The first, every leader is struggling with something. and The second thing, that culture is something that your people do every day. For, a, for, a, for some times and then you can say ah, that's that my enterprise culture so that's the point because as we live in a very fast environment of the internet and apps and projects that happens now in, in a click i think that the board the, the management level thinks the same that okay i'm going to talk something to my people to my crew and that's okay it happens but that's not the truth the truth that you have to talk get simple explain make a formal teaching class informal teaching class and and at the end of the day you have to wake up the other day with energy to do the same thing again or even try the, the same thing in another way, and that that point, when you achieve the, ch- the change, and you can say retrospectively that you change the culture, but not in the moment that you are living. When you saw in the back, you say, okay, I can see now that that moment I changed the culture, but now when it happens, or when it happened exactly?
0: Yeah, and your ability to do that, really resulted in some new opportunities for you fairly quickly, even before our year was done, didn't it?
1: Yes, because in the last year I was in another hospital and I have a mission to change the NPS and we changed it in one year. And at the beginning of 2019, I, I was promoted to another hospital and we are changing the same in the same way that I did before but faster now and so in the the, last four months we make the same changing points that took one year in the experience before so i think that we can apply the same process even faster when you know the problems and, and you can see the problems we are going to deal in the future because the situation is is different, the environment is different, but they are people. So we have the same of many problems that we deal in the day-to-day tasks. So get a better communication, get simple, be resilient is the same. So we can apply the change of culture, being agile and, and change it, you know,
0: Yeah, it's one of the really great inspirations um, that I think for all of us is that this is hard work, right? (laughs) I mean, think about the work you've done of changing the culture of a hospital and working with your entire team, being so consistent on change and culture, and also just the metrics and scores that go along with all those things. That is really, really hard work, especially if you, as a leader, haven't done a lot of that previously. And yet- It's work worth doing, isn't it? Because now that you have the skill set of doing that better and more efficiently, that there's no shortage of problems in the world, right? And there's certainly no shortage of challenges in healthcare these days in any country. If you're able as a leader to then step in and do a good job of addressing culture and change, asking questions, that then you have the ability to change in so many other places. And like you said, now you, you find yourself handling it more efficiently, which I love. That's that's just fabulous.
1: Yes, and also uh, something that you said once to to me and, in the academy is that a poem that says that if you are dreaming and in your dream you got a flower and when you wake up and the flower is in your bed, that's, that's the point because many times we read a lot of books, saw a lot of webinars, lessons, but The way that you learn how to apply in in the reality, how to make the dreaming something operational, how to make with your own steps, how to change the environment, how to create a culture, how to take care of your own people and set a target to keep a good technical level, a good experience... You achieve the other metrics of your business. That's a very important point because, okay, sometimes we said, okay, we need that target, that that financial target. We need that technical target. Okay, but how we are going to do it? And this is something like a a mantra. You have to talk to everybody. How we are going to do the technical thing, how we are going to deal with the experience of the patient or client. So these two metrics every day and you will achieve your other targets as a financial target and anything that you want. But the beautiful thing is how to create it with simple things. And we can do it because sometimes everybody around you maybe is saying or someone is saying that no, you are are not going. You are not going to do that. You are not going to achieve that point. But when you see I am in the tracking mode, I am I am the leader. I can change the people with humbleness, simple things around my team. We you will achieve your targets.
0: But it comes back to a word you said earlier, which is resilience. And you know, I also hear you saying the word "how" a lot that it's not just what you do it's how you do it and your resilience of doing this with care and concern for people and expectations and limitations as you talk about of, of really balancing both of those you know the performance but also the people is has been really key to this being a successful endeavor for you but also more importantly for your team and for the entire organization that's it well, this is uh, this is great, Leonardo. So let me do this. Let me see if I can summarize uh, some of the past episodes that, for those who are looking for some similar inspiration, especially if you're handling change, can go check out. So the first episode we mentioned was how to succeed with leadership and management with John Cotter. That's episode two forty-nine. So I'll have this all linked up in the notes. If you're looking for a framework on how to. Affect change, but also thinking about the distinctions between leading and managing. That's a great place to start. Also, we mentioned the conversation with Ginger Hartage, how to create an unstoppable culture. Ginger Hartage, a former senior vice president at Southwest Airlines, talking about on that episode how her and her team and the entire organization really nurtured a culture that has become known around the world for just a wonderful service to customers. So that's on episode 350. And then uh, we also mentioned two Saturday casts in the past with Leonardo's colleagues from uh, his cohort, actually. Jason Brooks was on episode 385 talking about the power of vulnerability in leadership. And then we also had Steve Schrader on episode 369 talking about moving from theory to practice. And uh, one of the things Steve talked about in that episode was how he moved from you know, being more telling to asking and how to become more coach-like. And if you're looking to make that shift, as many of us are in leadership, that's a great starting point for you. Leonardo, I got one final question for you. Thinking back on your journey over the last year and a half of going through this process of discovery and of change and culture, what have you changed your mind on?
1: I changed my mind that I have to appreciate some level of conflict because in the beginning of my managerial time, I thought I have to solve every conflict, and I learned that we have to deal with the conflict. Some of them we are going to solve, some of them we are just trying to manage. Because to be simple, to be resilient, you have to dive into some conflicts of your day life and how you have to manage. This is something that I changed my mind recently, and I'm still trying to get better on that.
0: Well, you and the rest of us too, Leonardo, I I think about what Oscar Cimbuli said earlier this year on the show of the undiscussable is always discussed, just not in the room that can fix it. And I think that's just a great analogy for conflict. Conflict is inevitable in every organization, right? The effective leaders are not solving every problem necessarily, but they're willing to lean into conflict and willing to have it be discussed openly. Because if it's not discussed openly, it's going to be discussed somewhere, but it's not going to be in a productive way necessarily. And you and I were talking about just the reality of being in a role like you're in a hospital. You have people from every walk of life, every day, who show up in the hospital, most of them who don't plan to be there. (laughs) And talk about all different demographics of people coming together and industries and backgrounds. Conflict is inevitable, right? So- You, you, especially in a leadership role you're in, your willingness to lean into that is just such a core skill.
1: Yes, and I think that when you go inside of your operation room or in emergency room, in any area that you can help to solve the conflict, and you are there giving peace to the people that are trying to solve, showing better skills, you achieve the meaning of the leadership because I'm here to help even if I don't know exactly because some conflicts everybody here or there will have some kind of difficulties to to deal but as a leader you are there with your crew to help you know this is a very important thing to try to do in your task every day
0: Leonardo, it has been such a pleasure to work with you and have you as part of our community and part of our academy. Thank you for the privilege you've given me uh, to be a small part of your work and for the wonderful things you do in your organization. I'm just so grateful for it. And thanks for taking the time to share your story with us.
1: Thank you, Dave, for an amazing person that you are. Thanks for the opportunity to talk in the podcast. It was a very helpful time to me. Thank you.
0: Well, the pleasure is mine. And I have a question for you as well. Have you yet set up your free membership on the coachingforleaders.com website? If you haven't, you can activate your free membership. That'll give you access to the entire episode library since 2011, searchable by topic, including all the past Saturday casts we mentioned and the past episodes today. Plus, you'll get access to my free weekly leadership guide, personal library, the free audio course, and tons more. You can get access right now by going over to coachingforleaders.com. And as I mentioned earlier on, the Saturday cast was brought to you by the Coaching for Leaders Academy. If you'd like to discover more about the academy and get alerted about opportunities to apply for membership, go over to coachingforleaders.com slash academy. That'll give you the opportunity to hop onto the early alert list for when we next open up Academy applications. Thank you so much for listening. See you Monday for our next regular episode. And thanks again to Leonardo for sharing his story with us. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Take care.